tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's February 5th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the latest on America's illegal alien crisis starting in D.C. this morning and ending in California, a state, by the way, that is welcoming those illegals who beat up the cops in Manhattan just about a week ago. I'll explain the latest. Second, the White House launched missiles and bombs throughout the Middle East over the weekend. I'll share whether those counterstrikes against Iranian targets have accomplished their goals. Third, news out of Cuba to put on your radars. That island country is facing terrible inflation levels, and the communist leaders there are growing very anxious about that. I'll share with you what we know, plus how we might see this news impact our southern border. Fourth, an update for you about Europe's protesting farmers, with ag workers in Ireland, Italy, and Greece now joining the growing protests. Later, a few listener questions today, and one critique. It's from Jasper in Maryland about what we owe Ukraine. But first, let's get to our top stories of the morning. We take a trip around America today talking about the crisis or invasion of illegal aliens into this country. And we do so in no small part because the U.S. Senate released their big plan in D.C. last night about how we solve or stop that invasion or crisis. So I will be doing a full analysis on the plan uh, over this next week. But based on my quick review last night, there is nothing unexpected or different than what I offered you during that brief on January 29th. In short, folks, the new plan does not reflect the fact that 64% of Americans say that you all want the White House to militarize the border and lock it down. The same percent of folks out there want a massive deportation program. In other words, as ever, there is a continued divide between what the politicians and elites in D.C. are offering and what the people actually want. But nevertheless, more to come on that as we learn more this week. In the meantime, let's pivot to New York City this morning, where the district attorney in that city named Alvin Bragg has released most of the illegals who beat up and robbed the police officers that we discussed on Friday. As listeners will recall, Mr. Bragg has long advocated for what he calls restorative justice or criminal justice reform. But whatever you call it, it has resulted in at least five of these seven or so illegal men being released without charges. Another uh, was released on bail. Mr. Bragg said that the video evidence of the attack on those police officers simply was not enough. He also said that with the exception of a murder charge, any suspect of any crime in his jurisdiction should not be jailed before a trial. That is uh, his commitment to criminal justice reform. That might help explain why the uh, cop beaters are not only free this morning, but why the New York shelter where those illegals lived are full of things like drugs, booze, prostitution, and all night fighting between the migrants. That is based on some reporting from the New York Post. But nevertheless, 
Mr. Bragg says that some of the illegals that he released may still be charged, but that is going to be a challenge. And that's because local press reports say that four of the illegals got bus tickets to California, paid for by an area Catholic church. And while Mr. Bragg may still charge them, it is unclear whether California will cooperate. And that is leading to editorials from the Wall Street Journal to the New York Post that are calling on the governor of New York, Ms. Kathy Hochul, to fire Mr. Bragg for how he is handling this and other cases regarding crime in, in the city. No word yet this morning on whether Ms. Hochul will do so. But in the meantime, we do know this. Illegal aliens in New York City are about to get a very big pile of cash. Mayor Eric Adams has announced that instead of feeding the illegals at area hotels or facilities, the city will instead give them prepaid credit cards. And the cards can apparently only be used at grocery stores or convenience stores. And illegals have to sign an affidavit that swear that they will only spend the money on food and baby supplies. Cards will then get refilled every 28 days. For what it's worth, the mayor is doing this big switch in order to give illegal migrants access to the food that they prefer in their own cultures and complementing their own tastes. Illegals had been complaining about food quality in New York and demanding that taxpayers there provide them with better food options. So New York will now oblige. One final thing to note before we leave New York this morning, CNN covered the cop attacks uh, over this past weekend and asked their crime analysts about this next curious fact. Crime rings that are run by illegal aliens in New York City, of course, they are robbing and stealing goods from New York, but selling them in Florida. The CNN hosts uh, asked, well, why wouldn't the illegals just move to Florida and steal stuff there and sell their goods there? The analyst on CNN explained that the illegals don't want to do that because they don't want to get arrested and thrown into jail because that happens a lot in Florida under Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. But that does not happen, not in New York, under Democrat leadership. The CNN hosts were pretty shocked by that response. Uh, The Democrats were soft on crime, in other words, and they said nothing for about five seconds on live national TV before finally one managed to say, oh, Next, we are off to the state of Massachusetts this morning, where Democrat Governor Maura Haley is under attack from black residents of her state after she shut down a recreation center that was used by poor and working class black folks in the Roxbury area. That rec center is now home to illegal aliens. The black and poor children will now have to go somewhere else. The governor insisted that she had no other option. She reminded the media that she had asked residents of her state to open up their homes back in August to house illegals. But so far, none of her fellow Democrats have taken her up on that offer. Regardless, black residents of Roxbury, such as Ms. Keisha Effie, have absolutely had it with her governor. She said that her state's leaders, quote, want to turn our children into animals. They want our children to be bad and screwed up by running in the streets instead of at the rec center, end quote. She's then uh, said this, quote, it's great that they want to help the immigrants, but what about the Americans that are already here? What about the people that don't have homes, that don't have jobs, that are sleeping on the street? This is not the answer. It is going to destroy our community and mess up our children even more, end quote. Well, be that as it may, the Democrats have announced that the rec center will not be ready for Americans like Ms. Keisha and her children until at least June.
Next, we are off to Denver, Colorado this morning, where the public health system there that is called Denver Health is facing financial collapse this morning, all because of illegal migrants. Hospital CEO Donna Lynn said that many of the aliens are arriving in her facilities that are very sick and demanding pretty intensive care. With about 20,000 extra visits over the past year, totaling $10 million in extra cost. As she said, quote, while I have tremendous compassion for what is going on, it is going to break Denver health, end quote. She added that each day she is turning down care for actual Americans uh, that are dealing with addiction and psychiatric needs. And those citizens now have to go back on the streets. Also, that illegal aliens can receive their medical care first. Denver's mayor says that he knows that things are bad and he is angry that the federal government isn't giving him more money to deal with it. Mayor Mike Johnston said that he is anticipating being about $180 million in the red this year, all because of the illegals. CNN is reporting that shelters in Denver are now totally full and that migrant tent cities are popping up under the I-25 and I-70 interstates. When interviewed, the illegal aliens under those interstates say that they need more support, especially cash, to simply survive, to which Denver's mayor is saying this morning that he has none to offer. But he will buy them a plane or bus ticket to somewhere else if they would like to go. Which takes us now to Washington State, where perhaps illegals might want to consider. That's because Democrat leaders in that state are acknowledging that they gave over $340 million in taxpayer funds to illegal migrants just last year. That was supposed to be used for COVID-related needs, but the illegals got at least $1,000 in cash each although they were not supposed to, at least according to the law. But apparently state lawmakers found some legal wiggle room and still cut those $1,000 checks. That means that the state gave $340 million on top of the $128 million that they previously doled out to the illegals during the COVID pandemic. To be fair, Democrat state leaders in Washington say that giving migrants the cash was the only just and equitable thing to do. Republicans in Washington state and D.C., however, largely disagree with that logic. Plus, they point out that there is still another $120 billion left in COVID-era funds that the Biden White House could still give to the illegals in Washington state and beyond. And that is prompting calls for Congress to tie those funds down and quickly, such that Mr. Biden and his party do not spend that cash, especially right before the election. Finally, this morning, we head to California. We are stopping by to understand what benefits the illegals might get after those fellas left New York after they assaulted those police officers in Manhattan. Well, some good news for those illegals. They are now eligible for lots of benefits in the Golden State. As national press outlets are reporting, the illegal migrants are protected from at least being deported. That is because California is a sanctuary state. Second, they can get free health care that is subsidized by the state. That was authorized back in early January. Third, the guys who beat up the, the cops in New York now that they are in California, well, they can go to school if they would like, all on taxpayer dime. Lastly, they can get free food. California has something called the Cash Assistance Program for Immigrants, or CAPI, that gives illegals money each month for food and other needs. Before I pivot, folks, to my analysis and opinion, let's make one more quick stop in Washington, D.C. And that is because late last week, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas again refused to call the southern border a crisis or invasion, 
Instead, he told the New York Times that, quote, the system is broken, end quote, but not a crisis or invasion. Plus, he said that Americans like you just have to remember something. We are a nation of immigrants, and anyone who advocates for locking down the border or deporting millions of people, well, they are anti-immigrant and full of hate. So you can expect to hear more about that as the House and Senate consider impeaching and removing Mr. Mayorkas. They say he is uniquely responsible for the border crisis of invasion or brokenness, whatever word you would like to use. With that, let me pivot now briefly to my analysis and opinion. Well, as I expected, New York's DA, that's Alvin Bragg, he went easy on the cop assaulting illegals because he is known as, well, a Soros DA. He is a leftist who took campaign cash and political inspiration from another leftist and financier named George Soros and his family. And their collective goal, folks, is to both open up jails throughout America and prevent the prosecution of suspects under this argument of racial justice. And whether you like that or not, you should know this. They are very, very serious. Soros DAs are everywhere in this country, about two dozen or so all across the nation. But not largely in Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis fired what he called a Soros DA. He did that months ago. And that is why criminals in places like New York are afraid to go to Florida. Instead, they're going to places like California, Colorado, Washington State, Massachusetts, all because illegals can go there and get protected, along with getting piles of cash and free health care, housing, education, and so on. But I think that the dam of this craziness, if I may say that, it's starting to break. When Democrat voters in places like Roxbury, Massachusetts, are saying enough, then it means or certainly suggests that the polling that we have seen and talked about on this podcast, where 64% of you want to militarize the border, 65% want mass deportation, then I think that it means that the people really have had enough. But let's see if that remains true come next November. Between now and then, of course, we are going to see a lot more headlines, ladies and gentlemen, that this problem is getting worse. And I think that once we hear of those headlines, once we see that on the TV, once we talk about that on this podcast, it's going to get hurtful, enraging, dispiriting. So that is why, ladies and gentlemen, today and in the many days to come, I will offer you this counsel. First and foremost, get armed and understand your rights. Most certainly understand who your local DAs might be. Then hunker down with friends and family that you love. Go to church, a synagogue, a mosque, whatever. Get yourself full of faith and comfort. And I tell you, get a lot of good exercise and a healthy diet. Keep yourself strong and in fighting shape because collectively we can and we will get through this. We've just got a bit more darkness to live through before we eventually do get to the dawn. And with that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. It is you and your financial support that are keeping this podcast alive. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, I thank you as well. And I encourage you to do your part this morning and support the companies that support me. You will hear about them shortly. We'll be right back. It's February and it is still freezing for most of us. So get yourselves warmed up with more wintertime deals from American Giant. Yep, it's the company that makes clothing and textiles right here in America. No foreign stuff. 
They've got things like roughneck jackets, which are very fancy, some thick stadium blankets, which are very warm, and some sweatpants too, which are very comfy. But that's not all. They've got jeans, socks, scarves, and dresses for the gals or the guys, I guess, if that's your cup of tea. But anyway, the best part of American Giant is that all of their products are made right here in America, in factories near your hometown and mine. That means no China, no Mexico, right here at home. So support the folks that support your country and support American Giant. Best yet, if you do, I'm going to save you 20% off your first order. So go to American-Giant.com. And when you do, use that promo code right W-R-I-G-H-T, and you are going to get 20% off that first order. So, my friends, warm up your wintertime blues and your wardrobe and go to American-Giant.com. Use that promo code right and get your 20% off. And let's get this country going and let's make America giant. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Who's ready for a good night's sleep? Well, if that's you, you need to do what I did. Get yourself a ghost bed. Yeah, it's the company that I think makes the finest mattresses in all of America. And you know it's true because I own one. I have the Lux model, which is designed to help people like me who sleep just a little bit hot. But they've got other models as well. There is the classic plus a new massage bed. And that's fun, except for the people who live downstairs. But whatever your model, get one of these things. The mattresses from the folks at GhostBed are built with high-quality materials and fine craftsmanship. And when you get into one of these ghost beds, you feel both the material, the craftsmanship. And I tell you, here's some great news. This bed comes right to your doorstep. And if that makes you a little bit nervous about buying something without trying it, I get it. I felt the same way, but don't worry. They have a 101-day trial period, plus free shipping and returns. So folks, let GhostBed give you the sleep that you deserve. And you're going to get 50% off when you do. So go to ghostbed.com slash right, that's W-R-I-G-H-T, and 50% off will be yours. But you got to use that website, ghostbed.com slash right. And by golly, get ready, because when that bed arrives, you are going to be off to a great night's sleep. I guarantee it. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a pivot towards international developments. We begin in the Middle East, where the White House and Pentagon ordered airstrikes starting on Friday and lasting throughout the weekend. They targeted locations in Syria and Iraq, home to some of Iran's terror groups that killed the three U.S. service members that we discussed, plus injured dozens more over a week ago. The White House says that those counterattacks will continue in places like Syria, Iraq, Yemen, and possibly inside of Iran, although that seems very unlikely as of this morning. So far, it is unclear what the U.S. strikes have actually done over the weekend in terms of heating key personnel or critical infrastructure. The Pentagon claims some pretty good successes. 
although Republican senators are pretty suspicious of that. They say that the White House took a week to respond to the attacks after those three service members were killed. And that delay gave Iran plenty of time to evacuate their most vital people and material. In fact, CBS News reports that that is exactly what happened. Iran's key intel and military officers were brought back to Tehran well before those strikes of the weekend, and they left behind mostly empty or otherwise unimportant facilities. But even still, it appears that Iran is back at it this morning. BBC News reports that the Iranians attacked U.S. personnel again over the weekend, this time in Syria. And that's probably not going to come as a surprise to you or anyone who has been paying attention. And that includes, by the way, Iran's president. Over the weekend, he said that his country will respond to Mr. Biden's attacks and, and, and our presence in the Middle East. He said that nothing that the Americans will do will deter him. Also upset and angry this morning and in defiance are the leaders of Syria and Iraq. Although this is very interesting. The Iraqis said that they were informed by the Biden White House well before the strikes this weekend, including information about the likely targets and locations. That will certainly provide some additional fuel to critics who say that the counterstrikes over the weekend were nothing but theater. So those are the quick facts and data about the escalating war in the Middle East, folks. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. Folks, what you saw over the weekend was, in fact, political theater. Mr. Biden had to show the American people something. We have three dead Americans who died in Jordan, dozens more injured. So something had to be done, even though it accomplished nothing. And that's bad for three reasons. First, the counterstrikes did not establish deterrence, which was the whole point. As BBC News is now sharing, the Iranians have already started to punch back at our troops, certainly in Syria. And that means that we can firmly say that these pinprick strikes over the weekend, well, they have largely failed. Second, these strikes are very expensive. We are looking at over $100 million that were spent, uh, spent rather over the weekend. Certainly when you add up all the missiles that were fired, plus the cost of the B-1B bombers and the hundreds of weapons that they fired as well. In other words, we just burnt a lot of cash for not a lot in return. Third, and this next thing is painful, my friends. I think that these strikes show that a once mighty America is no longer. It shows that we are so afraid of Iran and that the escalation could lead to something bad that we are willing to do nothing to accept a marginal something. But that really is not the painful part, not in my mind. Instead, this uh, willy-nilly response, it's happening because of this. As I briefed you on, Mr. Biden is afraid of losing the electoral support of American Muslims and Arabs in states like Michigan. So this strategy of do something but not really anything is it's a political calculus to win the White House. And that is not what the three dead Americans and the dozen wounded in Jordan and beyond deserve this morning. Instead, they deserve someone who is strong. They deserve someone in the Oval Office who stands up for them. They deserve a commander in chief. Well, nevertheless, more to come on this, folks, because it is a very big deal after our strikes this weekend failed to do what we hoped, and that is certainly reestablish deterrence. Next, we head to the country of Cuba this morning to put something on our radars. But before we do, let's remind ourselves of this fact. Over the past two years or so, about 500,000 Cubans have fled to the United States, either 
over our southern border illegally or through migrant flights, which have been sanctioned by the Biden White House. And that is no small part, uh, folks, because the communist-run island is facing an ongoing economic crisis. They've got inflation rates of at least 30 percent, a lack of hard currencies. Their sugar crops are at record lows. Production of domestic beef, pork and eggs all down. The island, ladies and gentlemen, is an absolute mess. And while we might be tempted to say that that is just sort of normal for Cuba, boy, over the past year or so, things have grown exponentially worse. In fact, so bad that Cuba analysts say that right now is worse than just after the fall of the Soviet Union. That is when the island's main support, financially anyway, dried up. So folks, that is why Cuba announced back in December that it would need to take some pretty dramatic steps. And that would uh, include increasing fuel prices by as much as 500%, plus raise the price of electricity, food, and taxes on small businesses. Well, after that plan was announced in December, there was growing alarm by the average Cuban throughout the island about how they would survive. And that prompted the government to send officials throughout the island to calm nerves down and, and explain the plan, but apparently to no avail. And that takes us to the news. The Cuban government announced on Friday the shock resignation of two ministers who had oversight of the economy and food. Government press said that they appreciated the men's service, but not much more. Cuba watchers say that that is code for the men are not going to be coming back anytime soon. Good luck to them. But nevertheless, it means that the economic crisis in Cuba will continue with food shortages growing, prices going up, and the average pension for the elderly Cuban stuck at $8 a month. And that helps explain why more folks on the island are growing hungrier and angrier, which is certainly a problem for the communist regime, but it could be a problem for us too. Depending on how things shake out, it might drive that record migration to the U.S. even higher. For what it's worth, the solution to the Cuban economic crisis, at least according to economists, would be to open up the Cuban economy to outside investors. That would include private ownership and capital, But that is a step that communist officials do not want to take. So let's keep this on our radars, folks, because the coming months could be very interesting for this island nation as it grows increasingly desperate. And that desperation could lead to bigger migration crises. That's certainly true. But it could also lead to greater reliance and quiet partnerships with countries like China. More to come. Finally, this morning, the latest news on those farmer protests in Europe that I shared with you back on January 26th. To refresh our memories, farmers in France, Germany, Poland, and Romania reached an absolute breaking point with their European leaders. They were angry about a myriad of issues from overregulation of tax burdens to unfair advantages for foreign farmers. Also, many of these folks were upset about the unfair special treatment that was being given to Ukraine and their agricultural products. There was also a common thread amongst the farmers that leftist governments in Brussels and beyond were no longer in sync with the lives and the work of the average rural European. Well, over the past 10 days since my first brief, we've had two very important updates, and here they are. First, officials in France have backed off some of their laws and reforms that farmers said made them uncompetitive. French farmers then agreed to call off their protests and go home, at least for now. Victory was at hand. But elsewhere in Europe, the protests are growing and spreading. Farmers along the Dutch-Belgian border blocked major roads and border crossings over the past four days. Also, Irish farmers have joined in the protest, adding that climate change regulations in their country would kill their operations. 
The same thing is true in Spain, Italy, Greece. Farmers there are organizing this morning and blocking major roads. One farmer was quoted by saying, the government may be playing tough, but farmers will prove tougher. And for that reason, we will be keeping our eyes and ears open and very alert for the latest out of Europe and about how these governments will respond to the demands of the farmers. I should tell you that as European governments are starting to consider these farmer demands, it's making environmental groups pretty upset. For instance, in France, the government there agreed to roll back a rule about pesticide use, as well as how many acres that had to be taken out of production by the farmers to accomplish climate or wildlife goals, to which environmental groups said that Europe is taking, quote, major steps backwards, end quote. So let's watch and wait as governments in Europe try to figure out how to satisfy their leftist base of supporters in major cities while trying to soothe the anger of the conservative rural people, which, come to think of it, sounds a lot like America these days. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Folks, back on January 9th, we talked about the big fight with Russia and how that could badly affect the U.S. dollar and you. Well, if you're looking for ways to diversify your investments, boy, consider physical gold and silver and consider American Hartford Gold as you do. They are the precious metal dealer that I use and trust. And when you give them a call, they will explain how to protect not only your savings accounts, but also your retirement accounts, all by purchasing gold and silver. Plus, they will explain their buyback commitment, which is rock solid. And here's some more good news. Feel very comfortable using American Heart for Gold as they have a five-star rating from thousands of reviews, plus an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. So here's how you do it. Either give them a call at 866-353-2694. Again, that is 866-353-2694. Or you can just text them. Text right to 65532. And gosh, that's easy. Again, 65532. And just text them my last name. And when you do, listen to this. They will give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your very first order, depending on your total purchase. So again, Either give them a call at 866-353-2694 or text my last name right to 65532. And as you do, my friends, make sure that you remember that January brief about the currency wars, because that is why we want to consider physical gold, my friends, and silver with American Hartford Gold. If you start your mornings with a cup of coffee and the right report, well, that coffee has got to come from Wacker Coffee Company. I first told you about this great small batch roaster back in August. And for listeners who are lucky enough to get one of their six roasts, you know that your taste buds have never been the same. And that's because the roaster is a former U.S. Marine who is very serious about his coffee. In fact, his bestseller called Red Tape is a mix of Guatemalan, Costa Rican and a honey processed Nicaraguan bean. As he wonderfully describes it, Red Tape has notes of dark chocolate, almond and cocoa rice krispies. And that is not spin. I'm telling you, Wacker Coffee Company gives you a chance to really taste coffee, not just drink it. And trust me on that. My family and I are huge fans. So start your mornings by going to wackercoffeeco.com. That's W-A-C-K-E-R, wackercoffeeco.com. And for paid subscribers on Substack, you get some extra value this morning. Use the promo code that you will see in those daily emails that I send you, and you will get 10% off your order. 
But either way, go to WackerCoffeeCo.com and my friends, you will taste your morning coffee for the very first time. I guarantee it. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is a set of listener questions today sent to us from my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. Bethany down in Georgia asked this, Brian, we hear a lot about President Trump's legal problems, but hey, whatever happened to the investigations into Biden's problems, like Mr. Biden's handling of secret information in his garage? All right, Bethany, good question. And it was very well-timed. So just to quickly refresh our memories on this, we know that Mr. Biden kept highly classified information in his garage, in his personal library, and multiple offices in D.C. And none of that stuff was properly secured. Unlike Mr. Trump, Biden has said that, look, it is really the fault of his aides. Yes, he may have taken that information, but really, at the end of the day, his aides screwed up. Well, that led to special counsel Robert Herr launching an investigation into exactly what happened, whether laws were broken, and whether or not he should charge Mr. Biden with related felonies. Well, that investigation does continue, Bethany, although we got some great reports over the weekend that we might see a final report from Mr. Herr on this deal as early as this week. And apparently it could include some very embarrassing photos of some classified material that apparently are sitting next to Mr. Biden's Corvette in his garage or maybe his weed whacker. But nevertheless, that's going to be a heck of a story and I'll keep you posted. Next up, we have a question from Randall in Southern Mississippi who asked this. Brian, I haven't heard you talk about Guyana in South America in a while and that possible war with Venezuela. So anything come of it? Randall, I love that you're watching this little country and this big story because the oil markets certainly are, and I'm watching it too. So here's the latest. As I shared with you back in December and November, Venezuela and Guyana have both promised to resolve this fight through diplomacy and so far, so good. But the neighboring country of, of Brazil, they're not taking any chances. On Friday, in fact, they sent in military forces to the north of their country to a city called Boa Vista. That is where Venezuela forces would have to go first before they could then push north and invade Guyana. Finally, the Pentagon is sending some teams to Guyana. In fact, they did so starting Friday, and they joined some colleagues from the National Security Council. They traveled there yesterday. So in short, Randall, everybody's moving their chess pieces on the board this morning, but so far, no real contact. I'll keep you posted. Finally, some really great thoughtful criticism this morning from Jasper in Maryland. He said this, Brian, you often talk about how the war in Ukraine is pretty much lost, but didn't we make a commitment to Kiev back in the 1990s that we would come to their defense if they gave up their nuclear weapons? So what happens if we bail on them now? What is the message to the world if we jump ship at their dark hour and break our promise? Well, this is a really important question, Jasper. And by the way, I love your name. For folks unaware, here is Jasper's argument, and it's made by a lot of folks. Back in 1994, Ukraine agreed to give up its nuclear weapons after the Soviet Union had fallen apart. Ukraine had about 1,700 weapons, give or take, which belonged to the Soviets, but were still on Ukrainian soil. And yes, the Ukrainians agreed to give up those nuclear weapons in an, an agreement that's called the Budapest Memorandum. In exchange, Kiev got cash and assurances that no one would violate Ukrainian sovereignty from that point forward. And that assurance was made by the U.S., the U.K., and the then-Russian President Boris Yeltsin. 
But Jasper, did you hear the word that I just emphasized a couple times? I said assurances, not a guarantee. And that might seem unfair or kind of nasty to say, but Ukraine's president and all the participants who engaged in that Budapest memorandum, they all agreed to that. They all knew the distinction. So looking at the transcripts and the notes from those meetings back in 1994, they all knew that the West was not going to give Ukraine a, a military pact or offer any security guarantees, only assurances. So Jasper, it was a weak assurance. So that is why we do not owe Ukraine anything. And they knew that and agreed to it back in 1994. But you might still be wondering, well, for Pete's sake, why would Ukraine have ever agreed to that weak assurance? And that's a great question. About a week ago, we got some news about that question. And here's the upshot. Kiev did not want those nuclear weapons. Declassified documents from that era were unveiled about a week ago that showed that Ukraine couldn't service or maintain the weapons. They feared another nuclear meltdown that would be reminiscent of the disaster at Chernobyl. So they wanted to get rid of these things. So to recap, Ukraine got a bunch of money, some debt forgiveness, some very cheap energy supplies in this Budapest memorandum. In exchange, they got rid of what they saw as their nuclear problem. They also got some weak assurances that they would be protected, no guarantees. So there you have it, Jasper, and I hope that helps. As always, the links for these declassified documents are in the transcripts. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.